0: Lord a shout of praise. Go ahead. I want to welcome you guys to Elevate today. At this time, we're getting ready to begin with the next part of service. Now, before we get started, I want to welcome you guys to please fill up the first few rows, Um, and then we're going to take a moment to go through our rules. We want to take a moment to share with you guys the expectations for services, okay? So before service begins, we want you guys to be checked in. When you are checked in, when you are checked in, that means that your phones are away. When you are checked in, you are not going back and forth between the bathroom and the foyer. The snacks are now closed afterwards. We will have a time of fellowship, but for right now, it is time for you to be checked in. Phones away. We are not talking and playing to our neighbor. If you are tempted right now to talk and play with your neighbor, I welcome you to stand up and move to another seat. No? Awesome. So then we are all at a place where we will be checked in. Lastly, I want to make sure that during this time you guys are paying attention to the person that will be speaking tonight. I want to make sure that you guys are being respectful and honoring them. It is very hard to be up here and watch you guys do things that you're not supposed to be doing there, okay? So once again, if you are seated by somebody that you are going to be tempted to talk to, to push, to shove, to do things that you're not supposed to be doing, go ahead and stand up and move If during the sermon, we have a leader come up to you and say, hey, come and join me on the other side, go ahead and join them on the other side. We can talk about it more if you guys would like after service, but during service is not the time to discuss why you were moved. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. So I am so honored to be able to welcome today's speaker, the one and only Daryl Esquivel. (laughs) Daryl is my husband. Let's say it again. Daryl is my husband. (laughs) We've been married for 12 years in June. Okay, so if you are 12 years old, when you were born that year, we were getting married or already married. Amen. Ready? All right, let's give Daryl a clap while he gets started. Clap, clap, clap. We're so excited to hear what God is speaking through him today. Amen.
1: Amen, 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 hallelujah. It is an honor to give you guys the word today. Like she said, I'm Daryl. I'm an elder here at Metro Praise International, and she's the youth pastor here. And we are excited to be going through this series of growing up. <clears throat> so, um, there is. First of all, uh, I want to tell you guys that you guys are great, <laughs> and that I appreciate every last one of you guys here. Um, you guys are an amazing youth group, an amazing youth ministry. Um, God is blessing this place, and God is blessing you guys. God is blessing this ministry uh, so much. So uh, without further ado, I'll go ahead and get started. The series is called Growing Up, all right? And uh, the sermon today is called Legal Guardian. If you know what a legal guardian, raise your hand, You know if you know what a legal guardian is, all right? Okay. Amen. Amen. All right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Your mom, your dad, you know. Uh, so, yeah, so we all know, pretty much familiar with what a legal guardian is, right? Yes. Amen. All right. So, uh, so when I ask a question, I want y'all to answer it. That makes sense? All right. I want y'all to be checked in. I want y'all to be attentive. I want you to be on on point with it. Because the message today is not, an, not a light message. It's not uh, like you get a Diet Coke or something, you know what I'm saying, with no sugar. Ain't no sugar in this message, all right? It's all, it's all, it's, ain't no sugar in this message. It's, 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 it's all gas, all right? <laughs> I'm letting y'all know right now, ain't, ain't no sugar in this message. Ain't, this is, this is legit. Some of y'all feelings might get hurt, but I, lo- I want you to know that I love y'all. We care about y'all. We want y'all to grow spiritually okay and i want y'all to know that rebuking correcting and encouraging you guys familiar with those words with those terms all right that's a whole phrase that's like christian needs at this point right rebuke correct and encourage rebuke who knows what rebuke means rebuke amen praise god all right most of us right if you don't i'll just give you a quick definition just a quick definition rebuke means to stop something correct means to set it on the right path right? And encourage, you guys know what encourage means, right? All right, help somebody along the way, give them, show them the right way, right? So rebuke, correct, encourage. So I want y'all to understand this. It's coming from a place of love. It's coming from a place of uh, of confidence that I know that you guys will be able to receive the message that I'm giving to you about Legal Guardian. So Legal Guardian is somebody who has authority over you, somebody who cares about your interest and safety, and that's what I'm going to talk about today, all right? Somebody who has authority over you. Do your parents have authority over you? Right? Okay. All right. So, do you, does, well, no, you're right. No, she's right. <laughs> I mean, you got to answer the question, right? If I ask you a question, answer it. Amen. All right, check it out. So, does, do you think God has authority over you? Amen. Praise God. That's right, He does. Do you think God cares for you? All right, praise God. So, do you think God protects you? Amen. Praise God. So, here's what we're going to do. This used to be done back in the day. It hasn't been done in a long time, but I'm going to do this right now. I'm going to do a segment called What Do You Believe? All right? This segment called What Do You Believe is a time where you get to talk with your neighbor about what you believe. I'm going to give you a question to talk about. All right? So who's sitting next to somebody? Everybody's sitting next to somebody. Amen. Praise God. Okay. So you're sitting next to somebody. You're sitting next to two people. That's all right. So you guys got to, I want you to, I want to ask you a question and then I want you to answer that question. Uh, I want you to ask that question to your neighbor and then answer it. If you know scripture, I want you to use it. So the question is, so the segment, right, is called, what do you believe? But the question I want you to ask your neighbor is this, and we're going to play music in the background. I'm going to give you two minutes to have this discussion. All right. Two minutes to have this discussion. And the answer, the question is this. Do you believe God protects you? That's the question. It might be an easy question to answer, but I want you to ask your neighbor that question. And I'm going to give you two minutes to talk about it. Use scripture. If you, and if you don't believe God protects you, say that too, right? Because it's a, it's a, it's a matter of talking about what you believe with each other and it's supposed to get you to get your gears turning get your thoughts going right get your feelings going and to get you engaged with each other all right so what do you believe uh do you believe God protects you so go you guys get two minutes he's gonna play some music I want you guys to talk amongst each other all right so let's go two minutes it's 7:42. let's go do you believe God protects you
2: And sisters that feel like they light in the pen. This feel like 30 for 30. You see a little drama, but I know he wins in the end. Where the love go? Where the love go? Like 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 where the love go. Like where the love go, like where the love go. I'm like where did it go Got some been going so crazy You think that we all got a scope Supposed to be family This ain't for dogs or the Grammys We throw in judgment like Randy Lord please forgive me For hating on people beside me Yeah that wasn't right in me Shout out to shadow Shout out to All of the ones Just watching my back Alright one more minute
1: One more minute Where the love go
2: Like where the love go 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 like Love go. Where did it go? I'm going than ever. You thought I was I know they want to the
1: I got to keep it so holy. I'm still in with the All right, 30 up.
2: seconds, 30 seconds. Wrap it up. am Back on Yeah, they gave me a on it. Took a dive No, I'm back on it. to stay safe safe. you need a mess? <laughs> to stay down, but it's racist. All right, all right, five, four, four,
1: three, two, and then one. Praise God. How many got something out of that? Amen? You got something out of that, right? Everybody got something out of that? Yes? Praise God. All right, so when I ask you a question, you answer it. Who got something out of that? You got, amen, praise God, that's right, yes. So vocalize your answers. I want to hear you. I want you to Engage, All right, so check it out. Does God protect us? Amen. That's a resounding yes. Amen. You know, and that's, that's, that's what it should be like, right? God, does God protect us? Absolutely he does, right? In many ways, God is like your legal guardian. Let's turn, uh, if you can open your Bibles, let's turn to Luke chapter 6, verse 46. Yeah, let's turn there. Let's turn there, and I'll turn there as well. Amen. (laughs) I love you too, bro. (laughs) Luke chapter 6. All right, right, cool. So here's what I want to tell you. God doesn't stop protecting you. Even when you become an adult, God does not stop protecting you. God's hand actually doesn't leave you. When you're in God's will... I want to start with that. God's hand is over you. God is protecting you. So here's what I want to start with. All right, God has authority over you. I told you I got three bullet points here. God has authority over you. That's one. God cares about your interest and your safety. That's the second point. And then God protects you. I don't have the notes up there, but I want you all to stay tuned in with me. Right? Checked in. Here it goes. Listen. God has authority over you. Jesus is Lord. And there's a saying, there's a quote, Jesus is Lord, and he is either Lord of all, who knows that? Come on, say it again. He's either Lord of all, or he's not Lord at all. Come on, come on, let's go. Jesus is either Lord of all, or he is not Lord at all. What does that mean? That might sound like, you know, something I just made up. I didn't. Here's what it is. Check this out. Luke chapter 6, verse 46, it says, actually, let's read this, and it's pretty short. Let's read this on the count of three. One, two, three. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? I could end the sermon right there. All right. No, I'm not, though. <laughs> right? It's almost a mic drop point. Check it out. Why, Jesus, this is red letters, right? Jesus' words. Why do you call me Lord, Lord? And do not do what I say. Does that sound like somebody's parents? Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> why <are> you right? <laughs> why do you why are you calling me? Why are you calling me for? You ain't even do what I told you to do. Right? Why? And so Jesus is saying this, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you're not doing what I'm saying? Listen, Jesus is either Lord of all, of every aspect of your life, or he is not Lord at all in any aspect of your life. And here's what that means. You can't pick and choose which parts of your life Jesus is Lord of. You cannot pick and choose which parts of your life Jesus is Lord over. It's not buffet Christianity. Who, who's that, whoever heard that term? Yeah. Buffet Christian, right? It's not buffet Christianity. You know uh, where Jesus can be Lord over your life at, right? Where you want him to be, right? You want Jesus to be Lord of your church life, right? But you don't want Jesus to be Lord over the lazy part of your life. You want Jesus to be here in church right? But when it's time for you to do the dishes, you like, man, I ain't with that, (laughs) right? I ain't with that. Listen, you want Jesus to be, but you can't pick and choose what part of Jesus, what part of your life Jesus is Lord over. You can't pick and choose. It's not buffet Christianity. He's saying, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you What they are like, they're like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid his foundation, laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck the house, but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice. Jesus is saying this. If you hear my words, if you read my word and you don't put my words into practice. Here's what it's like. A man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. You might be like, "I never built a house before, so I don't know what that means." And it might be true, but I want you to take this analogy into your brains for a second. The moment the torrent struck the house, it collapsed, and this and this destruction was complete. Imagine if you had a house. Does everybody um, everybody know what a house is? Right? Okay. Amen. You know, sometimes you know, I, when I grew up, I didn't have a house, so. You know, I, didn't, I honestly didn't know what a house was, so I, I was, you know, that's what it was. But my point of saying that is, if you know what a house is, you know the house is built upon something, right? And if the foundation was not built on a rock, it was built on sand. Imagine if your house is built on sand, the place you're staying in, right? What would happen if a storm came? be destroyed yeah be probably go away right amen exactly right bye (laughs) right see you right the house would be no more right and so Jesus's words here he's saying this why do you call me Lord why do you call me your Lord why do you say I have authority over you when you don't do what I'm telling you to do you don't do what I say to do you do what you want to do it's not buffet Christianity. We can't say, God, I want you to be Lord of my life while I'm at church. God, I want you to be Lord of my life when I'm in front of my parents. But when I'm on my phone, don't be Lord of my life, Jesus. I want to do what I want to do. We're Pentecostals here, so you can, you can say amen. <laughs> you can say, oh, me, oh, my, or you can say amen, okay? So because a lot of times, listen, the word is going to hit you where it hurts, okay? The, the word is going to hit you where it hurts, and it don't feel good. But let me tell you this, rebuke, correct, and encourage. I'll encourage you at the end, I promise. So listen, that lazy part of your life, Jesus needs to be Lord of of that part of your life as well. Jesus needs to be Lord over the parts, specifically the ones that you don't want him to be involved in. Specifically the ones, the part of your life that you're like, you want Jesus the least amount, that's the one you need Jesus the most. You guys understand that concept? You understand that contrast? Because, listen, lazy people lack discipline. Lazy people lack discipline. Raise your hand if you've ever been lazy. Woo! Okay, everybody should have raised their hand. All right, all right, okay, so all right. So everybody should have <laughs> raised their hand because at one point, somebody wanted to be lazy, right? I raised my hand, too, because I'm being honest, right? I wanted to, so that's what it is. <laughs> Let's um, so let's not be liars in the house of the Lord, okay? Right. Matter of fact, let's turn to, Re- I, I, and I'll, I'll tell you right now where, where liars uh, what happens to liars. Let's go to Revelations 21. Um, and so, a liar, okay? I told you it wasn't going to be a nice message. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you got to listen to the message and it's going to hurt. But I'm telling I'm telling you the truth so you can grow spiritually. Um, let's go. Let's uh, where are we at? Let's uh, scroll down a little bit. They'll be his people for God. Right, th- uh, right there. Let's uh, scroll up a little bit to uh, verse 8. I think he passed it. Scroll down, rather. Okay, right there. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts. What does is, what is the rest of that say? The idolaters and all liars they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. That's called hell, so you guys know that. Another uh, translation says it like this. The idolaters and all liars will take their part in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. So here's what you want to do. You want to think about it, okay? In your heart, because that's, the Bible says this, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks right? So are you going to lie in the house of the Lord? (laughs) Let's try it again, all right? I didn't mean to get so deep on that one, but I wanted to let y'all know that that's what the Bible says. If you lie, if you're a liar and you are in danger of hell's fire, all right? I want y'all to know that. This is the scripture, okay? Listen to this. How many of us, (laughs) let's try it again, let's try it again. How many of us has been lazy at some point in our lives, right? Amen. Right? Okay. Praise God. Okay. Everybody raise their hand. Praise God. So, listen. Check it out. If lazy people lack discipline, if you're not sure if you lack discipline, you probably lack discipline. Amen. (laughs) Come on. Right. If you're not, if you have to question if you lack discipline, you probably like discipline. If you have to question that, if you even have to say, do I like discipline? You probably like discipline. Because people who are disciplined Know that they're disciplined. The Bible says everything should be done in in decency and in order. Who said that? Praise God! Thank you. You know your Bible. Come on. So check it out. It says this: If you uh, if you are not sure if you like discipline, right? You probably like discipline. Let's go to Proverbs 12 uh, verse one. All right, Proverbs 12 verse one. This proverb is probably. Uh, One of the most interesting ones to read. Let's read it together. On the count of three. One, two, three. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is stupid. Woo! Y'all said that one real loud, right? (laughs) Y'all said that real loud. Whoever hates correction is stupid. I teach my kids that's not a nice word, (laughs) right? But it's the truth. Whoever hates correction is not the smartest, it's not the brightest bulb in the box, right? You're not the sharpest tack in the box. You're not the, right? You guys get the analogies there? All right, so listen. The Bible teaches, though, that there are two different types of discipline, all right? Here's what it is. The first type of discipline, it talks about it in this context of instruction or correction, right? You receive discipline. You receive correction, okay? Um, Like we just read here. Let's turn to Titus uh, chapter 1 verse 8. The other discipline is talked about in this context of being temperate or actually having self-control. So are you disciplined? Disciplined? Are you disciplined? Do you have self control? The Bible says this here. It says, Rather, he must not be hospitable. He's talking, the Bible's talking about elders here. Rather, he must uh, be hospitable, one who loves what is good, one who is self controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. Thank you. Okay, this is a different type of discipline. Okay, in this context, discipline. It's talking about having self-control. Do you have self-control? Amen. Somebody answered that. Praise God. Listen. So there's two types of discipline. The first context is correction. The second context is self-control. Okay? Listen to this. If you're doing 101 and you aren't reaching out to your mentor, you probably lack discipline. No. Oh me, oh my, or amen. <laughs> if you are doing 101 and you do not reach out to your mentor on a regular basis, you probably lack discipline. Come on. God has authority over you, right? So listen, you should be reaching out to your mentor, right? If you're having trouble with the lessons if you're having trouble keeping up with the lessons, if you're having trouble, if you're in 101, if you don't know what 101 is, I'll explain it. But listen, if you're having trouble having discipline in doing the 101 lessons, you lack discipline. You lack the discipline discipline in doing the routine of your 101 lessons. You lack the discipline in reaching out to your mentor on a regular basis because 101 is what? Discipleship. Everybody understand that? Everybody know what 101 is? Amen. I ain't calling you out, but if you don't know what 101 is, raise your hand. I'm not calling you out. Okay, praise God. So everybody knows what it is. So I'm not speaking a foreign language here up here, right? I'm talking to you about something that you are familiar with. Listen, God has authority over you, and you should respond to God with honor and respect. The Bible also says you should honor your parents, right? Honor the one who made your parents even more, right? So imagine this. If you go into a store, something's wrong in that store. Let's say you go to buy something, and it's defective. Something's wrong with it, right? You want to go and talk to the person that sold it to you. That's probably the first instinct. Like, man, we go talk to this cashier. He may sold me this bogus thing or whatever. When you get there, you actually want to talk to the manager, right? You're like, man, this dude's the one that sold it to me. I want to talk to the person that's over him. Listen, talk to God, right? Yes, you want to talk to your parents. You want to honor your parents. That's very biblical, and you should do that. But but honor the one who made your parents. Respect the one who actually made your parents, and this is what I'm telling you, that God has authority in your life, and you should respect and honor the strategies that he himself has developed for believers, which is discipleship. Okay, let me move on from that. So, when it comes to doing the things of God, you must have discipline. You must have self-control. Let's actually go to Titus uh, 2. Titus 2, and we're going to talk about self-control here for a little bit. Titus 2, it says this. Teach the older men to be temperate worthy of respect, self-controlled, and sound in faith, and in love and endurance. It says um, also in uh, verse 3, likewise, teach the women to be reverent in the way that they live, not to be slanderers, right? It also, and it has this uh, long list of stuff here, and it says also... Uh, to be self-controlled. So to be reverent in the way that they live. What does that mean? That means to um have discipline in your behavior. Have self-control in the way that you behave. When you are on your way to school, okay, if you're on your way to school and you see somebody wiling out on the corner at the bus stop, okay, somebody wiling out. Like they acting crazy. You know what wildin' out is, right? Everybody know what that means. I got these terms that I'm just used to saying. They may be old for y'all, but I still say it because it makes sense to me. No, they're not old. Wildin' out. All right, dope. Okay, cool. So that's okay, got it. So check it out. You see somebody wilding out, right? On the at the bus stop. Are you gonna get out or start at wilding out with them? No, man. You wanna have self-control. You wanna be able to compose yourself, think to yourself, and say, what they're doing is not correct. What they're doing is not something that I should be doing. I, sh- I shouldn't take part in that. That is what it's talking about here. So for older women to live, uh to, to be reverent in the way that you live. Have self-control in the way that you live, okay, and your behavior. And in verse four, it says to urge younger women to um to urge younger women to love their husbands, to also be self-controlled, right? And pure. It also says this in verse five. Uh, where is that? It says. To be self-controlled and pure. And in 6, it says for young men to be self-controlled. I love how, actually, I love how it said, I gave this laundry list of things for women to do. But then for the young men, it's like, just be self-controlled. I know know that y'all can't do much, but I know that y'all need to at least be self-controlled. The Word of God is telling you to just start here. Just start with self-control. And God knew that women would be able to take all these other things. Praise God. So, listen, it says this, that the young men, you have to be self-controlled. Okay? And God wants us to be under control. So, what is mostly uh, seen here, especially among the youth, uh, and not necessarily here, but I've been to many churches in Chicago, around the country, and I've seen a lot of youth, and a lot of youth In church, here's what it is. A lot of youth lack, um, but here's what it is. They don't lack desire. It isn't the desire of discipline that they lack. A lot of youth, they just lack the discipline, just the quality of the discipline itself, the quality of being in self-control. Can you control yourself? Can you control yourself? Here's the thing. Sometimes people can't control themselves. They have medical conditions, and I understand that, right? And and God isn't saying, you got to control yourself even though you have some chemical imbalance or something like that, right? But we pray for that. and We know that God works miracles and there's healing. Amen? So a lot of youth lack the discipline. It's not the desire. It's just the discipline. You might want to be self-controlled. You might say, man, I want I want to control myself. I want to be disciplined, but you don't follow through. And here's what I want to tell you that you have to have the fortitude. Okay? That's a that's a high school word, fortitude, that means courage. You have to have the fortitude to continue on in faith even in the face of temptation. In spite of temptation. And is, has anybody been tempted Anybody been tempted? Yes. Okay. You need to have faith to overcome temptation. Right? You need to have faith. You need to have the Holy Spirit to overcome temptation. If you don't have faith, how can you overcome temptation? Before you knew the Lord, before you even came to church, you were probably tempted at some point and you fell, probably fell into sin. But here's what I want to tell you. Now that you know Jesus, now that you know the Lord, okay, you don't have to fall into temptation and sin, right? Because temptation is going to be there. Let me explain this to you real quick. Temptation is going to be there. Whether you saved or not, whether you go to church or not, Whether you read the Bible or not, temptation is there. Temptation is there. But your courage is going to fluctuate. Your faith, is it strong enough to overcome temptation? Is it strong enough to not fall into sin? That's the question you got to ask yourself. Do I have enough faith to overcome sin? And sin isn't just... um, Sexual immorality, right? The Bible says in James actually that if you know something that's good that you ought to do and you don't do it, that's sin for you. Think about that for a second. If you knew that you were supposed to do something good and you didn't do it, that was sinful. That was sin. There's a way. That way is Jesus. And so let me, let me move on here. My wife always tells me I'm a long, I, gotta, I talk long. So let me, I'm going to move on because I can stay here and preach to y'all on this all night, but I won't. God cares about your interest and safety. God protects you. We already established that, right? God protects you. God cares about your interest and he cares about your safety. He cares about you so much that he made a promise to you. God promised you things. Have you ever promised something to somebody before? Have you ever kept that promise? Have you broken a promise? Okay, right? We've all, done, we've all been there, right? But listen, God never breaks a promise. Let's go to Isaiah 41, verse 13. Listen, in times of uncertainty, though, You might feel like God is far away. In times of uncertainty, in times where you're like, man, I'm facing temptation. uh, 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 Where is God at right now? You might think to yourself that God is far away, but you don't know. Well, And if you don't know, I'll tell you right now. God is actually not far away. God is actually very near to you. God is near to you. And I'm going to read this to you. It says this, for I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear. I will help you. That sounds like a promise to me. God has effectively promised to you that he will help you. He will take your right hand, and this is how much God loves you. Listen to me. This is how much God loves you, that he will grab a hold of your hand and take you and help you. God is telling you, do not fear. There's a lot of times you might fear something because, you know, life isn't easy, right? I mean... And then those times where you know that life's not easy, you're in class and somebody's being a bully, right? You're in class and somebody's talking bad about you. Or you think that somebody is, 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 is your friend and you find out, you're like, man, you know, they're actually not my friend, right? Those kinds of things hurt, but you're like, man, where's God at? God, where are you? You're supposed to be right here, but I feel like you're far away. Did God move? No, God didn't change. God did not change. God said he would take you by the hand and he will help you. He will take you by the hand and he will help you. Although, in times of uncertainty, it's really easy to feel like God is far away. But I'm telling you, God is not. You might feel like God doesn't feel your pain. You might feel like God doesn't feel you. Like, God, you don't feel me, bro. But God is telling you right here, Don't fear. Don't give in. I'm going to help you. I will take you by the hand. And your parents are like that too, actually, right? And if they're not, you have a Father in heaven who will do that for you. You have a Father in heaven who will take you by the hand. Listen, and God is telling us that he wants us to humble ourselves. If you would just humble yourself. Who knows what it is to be humble? Not a lot of y'all. Okay. Let me explain what humble is. Okay. Have you ever been humiliated? Have you ever been embarrassed? Okay. That feeling of humiliation. I'm not saying you have to be humiliated to be humble. What I'm saying is the characteristics of that humiliation is what God is telling you. You You need to feel. You need to feel humble. You need to feel that type of humiliation, the quality of humiliation. You don't have to be embarrassed in front of God. In fact, God says you should take courage. But God says to cast your cares. Let's turn there, 1 Peter chapter 5. God says to cast your anxiety. The Bible says to cast all of it, actually, all of your anxiety onto him. I want to tell you what that word is, actually. Um, that word is uh, in the Greek. That word is "epirito." That's what that word is. To throw off of you. To cast as if... Anybody ever went fishing before? Okay. So if you went fishing, you know how to cast a line? No? Okay. I'm going to take you fishing one day. <laughs> Listen. Fishing. You know what a fishing pole is, right? You get a fishing pole, you put a weight, a sinker on, that, on the hook or on the line, right? You put some bait on the hook, and you kind of go back. You got to press the release button, and then, you, and then you do one of these numbers. Boom, right? And then, the, and then what happens? The hook, the, it goes way over there, right? And this is what the Bible is saying. Did you find that? Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Listen, cast all of your cares, all of your anxiety On to the Lord. Every, listen, every ounce of your sin, every ounce of your anxiety, if you've ever felt alone, cast the loneliness onto the Lord. If you've ever felt like you were misused, if you ever felt like you were rejected, you cast that onto the Lord. Why? Why would you do that? Amen. Because he cares for you. Why would you cast your cares? Why would you do that? Because God cares for you.
2: Why, would you. why would you do that? He cares for you. Why would you worship God? Because he cares for you. He actually cares for you. If you don't have a parent that cares for you, you got a heavenly father
1: that cares for you. Who's afraid of spiders in here? Okay. <laughs> you said my mom. <laughs> Listen, you're not just going to take that. Let's, let's imagine if a spider just came down and a spider was on you, right? Imagine that. A spider came down, a spider's on you. What are you going to do? You're not going to be like this. Oh, here you go. Right? You're going to be like, oh! That's how I'll be like, I know that's, that's what I would do. That's the type of cast that I'm talking about. You will cast, you will throw this thing off of you in such a hurry because God cares for you. And he cares for you and he'll protect you. God actually has his hand over your life right now. God hides you. And imagine this, if you have something so precious that you care about, imagine, just think in your mind really fast. Imagine you have something that you care about. All right. Imagine you got something that you care about. okay. If you got something that you care about, I want you to think about that thing right now. And I want you to uh, think about your sibling. Anybody got a brother or sister? All right. All right. Cool. Listen, think about your sibling and imagine if they went and grabbed that thing that you really care about. All right. <laughs> Imagine how you would feel, okay? What would you do? You'll probably be wilding out like they do it on the bus stop, right? <laughs> you'll probably be going crazy, and you'll probably be like, man, give me my stuff back. Listen, but what would you do before then? You'll probably hide it. You'll put it in a place where they can't get to it. They will put it, and you'll put it in a place that they can't get to it. They, you would hide it. Okay, listen, God protects you. God hides you. Listen, being hidden from things might feel like you're missing out, okay? But in reality, God is protecting you. Listen, if God, uh, if you think you're missing out, you need to check your faith. I just want to say that. Check your perspective. Check your faith. If you think you're missing out on things that God is hiding you from, God kept you from certain friends, listen, because he hid you. God kept you from being in certain situations because he hid you, right? God protected you. Okay, listen, certain people might have walked out of your life, but God hid you. God protected you in that situation. Let me tell you this. It may feel like God is keeping you from living your best life, but in reality, God is hiding you because he has a purpose for your life. God is hiding you from the things of this world. God is hiding you from the people from this rejection that you might feel. I praise God for the things that I didn't get. God is not just looking for somebody who can praise God for what you got. Praise God for what you didn't get. Praise God for what you don't have because God is hiding you and He's protecting you because He has a purpose In your life, you may feel like rejection hurts, right? And because rejection does hurt sometimes, sometimes you gotta go through that rejection to get to the lesson. That's Facebook worthy. You gotta go through the rejection to get to the lesson, to get your blessing. All right, I'm not gonna rap. I'm not gonna rap. All right. I could rap, yes. But I'm not gonna do it. Next time I'm up here, I'll I'll rap for you. Check it out. Listen. I'm going to end with this, and I'll, and I'll go to this altar call here, uh, and so let's, let's start this altar call. Let's have the altar call workers come up. Listen, being very serious here, you have to go through rejection to get to the lesson. Sometimes you got to do that, and I don't want this to be a regular altar call. Listen, I don't want this to be a regular altar call. I don't want you to feel like, I'm not really going through anything sinful in my life, so I don't need prayer. That's not what the altar is for. That's not just what the altar is for. Yes, if you're going through sin, if you're going through something in your life, you feel rejected or whatever, yes, come to the altar and get prayer. But the altar is not just for you to feel like you need prayer because something's going on in your life. Listen, if you need prayer, come up to the altar. I want you to do that. So if everybody could stand up with me, stand up, please, and I'm going to start this altar call, and here's what I want. Here, here's here's how I want this to go. I want everybody to close their eyes and bow their head except for uh, the worship team. I want you, if you guys could just come up to the stage, listen. I don't want this to be a regular altar call. Bow your head and close your eyes. Listen, I don't want this to be a regular altar call, but I want you to come up here if you need prayer. And here's, here's the first altar call, because there's going to be two. If God has hid you, okay, eyes closed, heads bowed. Listen, I don't want you all to be distracted. I want you to actually open your heart. Open your, open your heart and listen to this. If, if God has protected you, I want you to come up to the altar. If God has hid you in such a way... If God has hid you in such a way that you didn't see the benefit, you didn't see the fruit of what God was doing in your life at that moment, and you said, I don't know why this is happening. I don't know why I'm being rejected. I don't know why I'm being bullied, right? And if, But if God protected you, I want you to come up here. I want you to come up. But listen, don't come up here. If you feel like God didn't protect you. Do not come up here if you feel like God didn't protect you. Listen, if you feel like God has kept a promise in your life, I want you to come up to the altar. If you feel like God has fulfilled or kept a promise in your life, come up to the altar If you feel like God has not kept his promises in your life, don't come up to the altar. Don't come up to the altar. If you feel like, if you feel like that, God hasn't kept a promise in your life, don't come up to the altar. Listen, here's the second altar call. Because here's here's what I want you to understand. Because God is faithful, God will keep his promises, God told you, and we just read it, do not fear.
2: I will take you by the hand and I will lead you. God is promising you that he'll lead you. Here's the second altar call.
1: If you have ever gone through a situation and doubted God, it could be anything in your life. If you've ever gone through a situation and you've doubted God, come up to the altar. If you've ever gone through any situation and you've doubted God, come up to the altar. And I mean like this. If you've doubted that God has fulfilled a promise in your life, and he did, and you doubted that, but you, but you realized he did, come up to the altar. Because that need, that need what that means is you have to repent. You have to repent because you doubted God. I want you guys to do that. Listen, if you have ever, if you have ever doubted that God has protected you, you should come up to the altar and get prayer. Actually, if you could yep, go down and just let them, uh, obviously Jocelyn's a deacon here. She can pray for anybody. Listen. If you've ever doubted God, and this is what I want to tell you God is faithful. God will guard you, God will protect you, God will give you the things that you need in this life to be faithful to grow in your faith for you to have discipline for you to grow in your faith for you to do 101 successfully for you to grow and go into 201 successfully God wants you to be a
2: leader in his kingdom God wants you to be saved God wants you to have salvation God wants you to have the Holy Spirit for you to speak in other tongues for you to have the Holy Spirit and to be saved God wants you to have these things, and if you don't have them, I'm telling you now that God
1: wants you to. God wants you to cast any anxiety that you have. If you have anxiety in your heart, come to God. Come come to these altars and get prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm gonna go onto these keys in a minute, but I'm gonna pray, and we all can just stay in this attitude of prayer. I'm gonna get on the keys, and then, yeah. I'm gonna pray us out, but I want you guys to keep praying. I want you guys to keep praying, um, and then we'll, and then you can close it out, all right? Lord, we give you all the glory and honor, God.
2: We worship you, Jesus. We give you the glory, God. God, thank you for your faithfulness, God. Thank you for your promises in our life, God. God, we give you all the glory, God. And we worship you, Jesus. God, we repent, God, for doubting you. God, we repent, God, for being faithless. God, we repent, God, for not casting our cares on you, God. God, we repent, God, for not trusting you, God. Lord, we repent, God, for not using your Holy Spirit, God, when we needed you, God. When we needed you, God. We didn't turn to you, God. But Jesus, I pray right now that everybody understands of the sound of my voice God that they will turn to you that they will begin to trust you God that they will begin to have faith a faith God even the size of a mustard seed God it can move a mountain God I pray right now for every soul in this this church God to feel you God to understand and realize God that they need discipline God, that we all need discipline, God, and that we should love discipline. We should love correction, God. We're not dumb, God. We don't hate correction.
1: God, we love you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.